like I say that all the time as an introduction, but I don't have like a cute um, tagline. So yeah, well, we need to come up with like an intro. <laughs> I know, like hey, every talk just has it. <laughs> Today we're going to be talking to Adrian about her perspectives on beauty and love. So tell us where you grew up and about your childhood. Ah, oh, yeah. So, yeah, it's always hard whenever people ask me, where are you from? I always have like, I don't know, a mini panic attack because there are just so many places that I'm from. So it's like, what do I tell them? Do I tell them where I was born? Do I tell them like where my parents are from? Do I tell them like where I lived growing up? So, yeah. So, okay. As a brief overview. So, <laughs> So my, my mom is American and my dad is Taiwanese and I was born in Ohio. So I lived in Ohio until I was in second grade and then I moved to Boston. And then I lived in Boston from third grade to sixth grade. And then I moved to Canada and I lived in Canada from sixth grade until university. Mm. So I really do think that I kind of had a little bit of a, I don't know, uh, I've been influenced by some different places, but I do think that overall, uh, I was influenced by kind of like a, you know, uh, North American, Northeastern perspective. You know, I think mm -hmm. like in the US and the Northeast, we have a particular type of like culture there. As you, yeah, you oh, probably yeah. know Borom, right? Yeah. <laughs> so I do think that that was kind of like, that was um, my main influence growing up. Um, and when I lived in Canada, I also lived, well, and I'm in Canada right now, but we <laughs> live kind of in the northeastern part as well. So mm. it's kind of that same type of like uh, Atlantic based on the Mayflower Puritan values type culture. <sighs> yeah, heesh. Um, and also, I think I was talking with a friend recently that lives in Arlington now, actually, just like a few streets away from where I used to live. Which oh, I was like, weird oh my God. Yeah. yeah. But um, she was talking about how it's very like, you know, like white, liberal, yuppie mm -hmm. type of like culture. Oh, yeah. And I'm like, yeah, I didn't really realize it at the time. Like when I was growing up, I felt like Arlington was more of like the like, I don't know, city diverse type of culture, because before that I lived in like the suburbs, you know, when I lived in, yeah. in uh, Ohio, it was like very suburbia. <laughs> mm. So, so it didn't really occur to me like how, like, I don't know how sheltered I was growing up and how it was very much a dominant, very like white liberal perspective and this type of idea that we are already past racism, you know, like that's kind of, I think a lot of times when I was growing up, that was kind of like the expectation, you know, like they would teach you mm -hmm. about um, like things in America's past, like slave trade and whatever. And they'd be like, but you know, we're past that now, like Ruby Bridges, mm -hmm. but we're done with that. So I did kind of grow up with that type of like illusion, I guess. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah sorry, I... that was a little bit long-winded, I guess. But yeah, that, I don't know. That was kind of the culture, I think. And that kind of shaped a lot of my... Yeah, you know, I mean, I, I think you described up. it. Yeah. Uh, well, 
so what messages about beauty and love did you receive where you grew up and who are your uh, role models and beauty icons <laughs> yeah i don't know i mean i have mentioned this a bit before on other beauty and love um podcasts that we've done but i don't really feel like i had many like role models at least not many like real people role models that I looked up to. So when I was younger, um, I really liked Belle from Beauty and the Beast. Mm. <laughs> and I also really liked Pocahontas. And it was basically just like, oh, they have dark hair. And then like for Belle, <laughs> I was like, she has dark hair and she likes reading. So I like Belle. <laughs> yeah. And then for Pocahontas, it was like, oh, she's not white. And she has dark hair <laughs> and she has a song about painting, which I like painting. And also she has animal friends. I like animals. <laughs> so, <laughs> so like when I was a kid, those were kind of like my main, like, uh, I guess main people, characters that I identified with. And then I used to really like Scooby-Doo, which was funny because we were talking about Scooby-Doo earlier this week. But um. I really liked Scooby-Doo when I was a kid and my favorite character was Scooby-Doo, which is the dog. <laughs> so, oh, yeah. so like, I don't really feel like I really saw role models in a lot of people when I was growing up mm. or, you know, and I didn't know that much about celebrities. I didn't really care about celebrities when I was younger. Uh, mm. I did like the Backstreet Boys for a little bit of time, but like I never really got into Spice Girls that much. And mm. so I think when I was younger, I didn't really know about that kind of stuff very much i mean i just read a lot um there were some other characters that i related to like um tamar pierce's books mm. i think you probably read them yeah um yeah. i really liked dane from wild magic she's like the one that speaks to animals and she has a lot of <laughs> animal friends yeah. so and she also has dark hair so <laughs> sounds in the theme <laughs> yeah those are like my two like boxes that i had to check off likes animals <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's cute so so I didn't really think that much I guess about like um about appearance that much and then mm -hmm. when I got a little bit older when I was in uh high school and I also mentioned this before as well but I used to really like Helena Bonham Carter you know, oh, so, yeah, and yeah. I really liked how she kind of was a little bit like you know alternative she had her own mm -hmm. sense of style and she also had curly hair, dark curly hair, <laughs> the box, yeah. just like me. So, you know, so I really liked her. I don't really think that, you know, there weren't a lot of people that I felt like I could look up to that were Asian or that I knew of that were Asian. But then um. I also didn't really like watch that many popular shows, really. Mm -hmm. You know, I watched mostly like, I don't know, anime and mm -hmm. um you know, read fantasy books. So I don't know. So I'm not sure if it's because there weren't any role models that I could connect to, or if it's just because the media that I consumed was not really that type of media. Mm. Well, first off, yeah, Helena is a very cool lady. Mm -hmm. uh, very good actor. Just like, wow. Second, mm. I remember, you know, we used to like lend each other books and I remember, mm. I don't know which book it was. I think it was like a book about like a 
fairy i don't know it was like a dark cover <laughs> with like a fairy. i don't know anyways mm-hmm. i remember you were like oh sorry i'm page 55 you might see a stain because i dropped some cheese on it <laughs> And so I got to page, I opened page 55 and it just didn't look like a cheese stain. I just remember like, that was so neat. Do you remember that? Any chance? No. no. <laughs> why, why do I remember these like trivial <laughs> details? such random details. I was like, how do you remember that? Because it, it was, I think it was because it was just so <laughs> random. Like I was looking forward to reading this book and then... <laughs> Um, it's funny but, yeah. that I knew the page number even so funny but yeah I remember like through you I read a lot of like fantasy and like book uh, what am I saying like animal themed books mm. which is fun um and yeah I, I know we talked about role models but it, it's interesting that you mentioned like well it, yeah it, it does like vary on the type of media that you you consume right because like mm-hmm. i remember in alston you can't do this anymore but you could pop into like a korean store dvd store and get like videotape and dvds <laughs> and comic books and everyone was asian right mm. um which i didn't fully take advantage of but i i think like main mainstream media like of, there were just like no asian people so like when you when you watch like mainstream media you just like turn the tv on like did you uh like when, when you saw someone asian were you like "Ooh, dark hair and curly that's me <laughs> or did you not have those experiences i'm not really sure like it's weird when i look back because i think like partially because i was living in that like bubble of like oh we're past racism like we mm-hmm. don't see color I don't think it was really that big of a deal for me when I was a kid. And I'm not, I mean, it could be the, like, just the way I was brought up in the environment. And it could also be because I'm half white. You know, I think when I was a kid, I just always had this expectation of, like, I'm both white and Asian, so I can be whatever I want. And so when I was younger... I kind of, I guess I, d- I did identify with like white characters, you know, like, mm. like Belle. And then for me, like Pocahontas was kind of like my non-white identifying <laughs> character, yeah. which, you know, and I do think it is funny when I look back because I never identified with Mulan as, yeah. you know, I, we've yeah, talked I about this before as well. <laughs> yeah. And like, it's so weird that like, I don't know, when I look back, I'm like, well, why didn't I identify with Mulan, but I identified with Pocahontas? You know, was it something of like I felt like Pocahontas was more American and therefore I identified with her, Ooh, or was yeah. it because like um, because my family is very like anti-China, like you know we are Chinese, oh, yeah. we're not Chinese, <laughs> yeah. so maybe there was an aspect of like this doesn't really like you know relate to how I see my family or um, how my family is because like we don't really um, we don't really like have a lot of Taiwanese culture like celebrations that we do in my family Mm. you know it's kind of um divorced from that so growing up it's I didn't really feel like I was very part of that culture as well so maybe because of that it just felt like the stuff that I saw in Mulan which maybe was like Chinese it still felt foreign to me you know interesting so yeah yeah 
Yeah, I mean, I I think this is why like we need uh like more options. Mm. Like cuz you know, I was like, "Ooh, Asian." I mean, I I naturally thought Mulan was a badass, but it's like I probably liked her more because like she, she's Asian, but mm. just because she's Asian doesn't necessarily mean all the other Asian girls are going to be like, "Ooh, automatic, yay." So, yeah. How does being I was initially going to say, how does being mixed affect how you see beauty and love? But um, mm-hmm. you've already started answering in terms of being Taiwanese. So, mm-hmm. yeah, answer how you want. <laughs> um, yeah, so I think, I mean, like I said a little bit earlier, but, you know, when I was young, I really did have that perception of like, well, I'm, I can be either, I can be both. And it really felt like I had a sense of control over what, I want to be that's who I am and like so sometimes I I remember when I was a kid thinking more like oh well you know I'm more white today or oh I'm more like Taiwanese today or something (laughs) like there was just like there was this kind of like thought of like oh I can be either I can pick and uh and then as I got older it it did kind of start to dawn on me that I don't necessarily I can't really pick per se you know like people have their own perceptions of who I am and what ethnicity I am so I did kind of realize that I didn't have as much control as I thought I did and I mean in some ways like I also have brought this up in other podcasts but because like I'm mixed a lot of times people don't really know exactly where I'm from so it's not even like their perceptions are right you know it's not even like you know, like they'll say sometimes like, oh, I thought you were Korean or I thought you were, you know, Japanese or uh, French or something. So it's like, it's not even like there is like one um, dominant perspective or identity that they see me as. Mm. So it's still a little bit vague and ambiguous. But at the same time, I realized that I didn't have as much control over it as I thought I did. So I do think that that kind of changed my perspective a bit and when I was younger I do think I tended to relate more with like white characters or animals (laughs) (laughs) you know and then as I got older I mean when I was in uh, middle school and high school I read so much anime and I watched so much manga (laughs) and to me that was kind of like my first type of connection to like really getting into like well what is Asian culture you know beyond just having ramen and dim sum every week you know so so it was it was like kind of my first time of like really exploring it on my own and trying to figure out what it was and I think I don't know and I have I mean I've continued watching and consuming a lot of Asian media all the way through university until now You know, I've been watching a lot of Chinese dramas recently. So in some respect, I do think I've kind of thought more about what Asian beauty is because I've consumed more of that media. But at the same time, I I have never really felt like I fit either type of like archetype of beauty. So Mm -hmm. I've always felt like I'm kind of in the middle. And I think when I was younger, when I was in um, middle school, like, you know, when we were friends, you know, I was always like, oh, it's great to be weird and stuff like that. And I think part of that was a rejection of like, well, if I don't fit what the, 
like the beauty archetypes are supposed to be, then, well, you know, whatever, you know, I'm just going to do my own thing. And I think some of that was like almost a fear of if I try to fit these beauty archetypes and I still look different, if I still look weird, you know, like that is painful, you know, if you try and then you fail at it. So I think part of it was I just wanted to not even try and I wanted to go the opposite. I didn't want people to think that I tried it all to be pretty or that I tried it all to like fit any type of, of like, you know, traditional beauty, because I felt like, well, I'm not going to look the same. So what's the point of trying, yeah. you know? So I don't know. So it was kind of, I don't know. I know we've talked about this before and you said that like, you thought it was really great that I was so confident back then. And I think in some ways I was confident, but in some ways it was actually like a coping mechanism for, you know, like not having to deal with what I thought might be like, failure or pain you know mm. so I don't know getting kind of deep <laughs> no no it's it's good and it's really interesting because I don't I don't know like you don't we, we we're only having these realizations now as an adult because mm. we have the framework and the language to de- describe it but mm. it is one of those things where like it, it is like bittersweet but if we didn't go through all of that then we'd probably be going through that like now Mm, (laughs) like a larger scale so like speaking of being adult so how do you think your Mm. perceptions of beauty and love have changed now that you're all grown up (laughs) Mm, yeah I mean I do think that I have kind of developed my own type of aesthetic so I have a better sense of like what are the things that I like what are the things that fit well on my body what are colors that I like what are cuts of clothing that I like still trying to figure out makeup I don't know it's very confusing to me (laughs) oh my god oh Oh, like I kind of given up in a way but (laughs) I mean I I think I am a little bit more confident in my ideas of like how I like to dress so in that way I feel more confident but I still do find it hard because I still feel like I don't really fit in those types of like archetypes you know so I do sometimes feel like see things and I think like, oh, but I can't dress like that or, oh, it wouldn't look good on me. Like there's some things that I think they feel like they look too girly or they look too mature or something. And Mm -hmm. I feel like if I wore it, I would just look childish, you know? (laughs) So I guess it's kind of changed in that respect and that like I do have a better sense of who I am but I still do find myself from time to time thinking like oh but you can't wear that or oh you can't do that and then I have to like think back and like remind myself like okay why am I telling myself this like am I telling myself this because I don't like it and this isn't the type of image that I want to portray to people or is it because I'm afraid you know, that I'm afraid that I'll look strange or something. <laughs> and if that's the case, then I'm trying to push through it and just be like, well, just buy it anyway, you know, and then see. <laughs> you know? Yeah. So I am trying to push myself a little bit more in that way. Um, yeah, and in terms of love, I mean, oh, man, we actually didn't really even talk about love at all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't know. In terms of love, I mean, when I was younger, I mean, as you know, my parents were got divorced so I think like when I was very little I kind of had this idea of like 
um, you have a soulmate and you fall in love with your soulmate and you're with your soulmate forever. <laughs> like that time, of, that type of like happily ever after type of perfect picture type of thing. And, you know, I like I even when I was a kid, I don't know if I mentioned this to you or not, but I used to think that all the actors and actresses that kissed in movies were married in real life. Oh, like, yeah, you did tell me that. Yeah, that's yeah. really cute. <laughs> so it's like, I just thought like, oh, you know, like anybody that kisses on screen, they're married in real life. You can only kiss the one that you love. And like, you only have one soulmate and that's it. And you're happy together forever. So that's kind of like, so I think as a kid, I was very like idealistic and like, you know, romantic, I guess, in a sense. And then... um when my parents got divorced, it kind of, it was like a shattering of that ideal, you know, kind of like, how does this fit into my new perception of the world? And, you know, it was, it did change things. Um, sorry, I don't know if you could hear my stepdad talking about that. Um, oh, I, yeah, I heard some mumbling, but I wasn't sure what that was. Yeah, I think he's taking the dog out or something. Anyway, um, oh. so, so it did like, it did change my my view of things. Um, so, but I guess I feel like in the end, I just became more practical about it and more realistic. So before I kind of felt like, um, I don't know, like I would meet that one person and it would just happen like, um, you know, through fate and mm. stuff. And now that I'm older, I'm feeling like, okay, well, I don't think it happens through fate. I think you have to work at it and find someone. But at the same time, I feel less pressure because both of my parents have remarried and they remarried when they were older you know like in their like 40s so I kind of feel like well you know if they're if they were able to find someone they love so much and they remarried in their 40s like you know I could do that too maybe I'll just wait until I'm 40 to get married you know it's I don't know it's not a big deal to me and in some way I think maybe it's better to wait because then you know yourself better by oh then. yeah you know, and it might be easier to find someone that you really want to be with and, you know, someone that you can grow with in the future. Because I think, I mean, even in our 20s, I think we're still getting to know ourselves. Like, I feel, oh, like, yeah. <laughs> oh I feel like I'm so working at trying to know who I am all the time. So, you know, I kind of think, oh, well, maybe I'll find someone that I want to be with in my 30s. You know, and I still would like to find someone, but guess I feel like it's not as important as trying to figure out who I am and what I want to do I feel like I have so many friends and you know so much and my family loves me and supports me too so it's just like well you know I already feel quite happy in this life I don't really feel like I need to do anything you know yeah I mean I don't there's such like an immense pressure for everyone to be like coupled up Mm. relatively early as possible and then and then for women there's that added pressure of like body claps body clock body clocks ticking like go go yeah, go yeah. like can we just chill out for a second <laughs> like I need to know myself I feel like I'm still going through it you know mm -hmm, that is mm -hmm. definitely refreshing to hear but I, you just reminded me as you were talking so um when because I don't know how else to put it without mm. it sounding cliche, but like, you know, <laughs> on the journey to getting yeah. to know yourself. So, mm -hmm. you know, so in, in middle school, you had a coping mechanism. Um, mm -hmm. Like, why did you, how did you figure out that like, okay, let me just call myself weird and just like roll with it. Like, how did you figure that out? I don't 
don't really know if I figured it out or anything. It just happened like <laughs> spontaneously. I mean, it's mm-hmm. only now that I look back that I kind of realize like, oh, I think it might have been like a coping mechanism to mm-hmm. just like the pressures of feeling like I don't know who I am and I can't be like, um, and I c- can't be like any of the typical beauties or like typical like type of person. Mm-hmm. I don't know. And it felt like, I guess maybe also because I just, you know, I read so many books growing up and it was just always thinking about all these fantasy worlds and stuff. And I think like partially I just didn't really care that much about like, mm-hmm. I didn't, I mean, I didn't know about stuff that other people knew about and cared about. You know, I didn't know about celebrities, you know, or like um, gossip or news. Like, it's really funny. Like, I watched the documentary recently about framing Britney Spears, you know, and... Oh, I haven't watched it. I really want to, but yeah. It was very interesting, but they were talking too about like all the paparazzi pressure and all the stuff that she was under. And I didn't know anything that was going on about that. Like, it's so weird looking at it now because, like, I mean, when I grew up, like, I didn't really, I mean, I knew of Britney Spears, but I didn't know anything about, like, oh, she's dating this person and, like, oh, she had a fight with this person. (laughs) Like, I think I might have heard him passing, like, oh, yeah, she dated Justin Timberlake. But, like, you know, I didn't really, like, I didn't really know anything like Mm -hmm. that, you know, and then. Um, they were saying like, oh, Cry Me River is actually about Britney Spears and the breakup. And I was like, I didn't know that. Like, <laughs> I didn't know that. <laughs> I know. It's just like, I know it was weird, like seeing like all these things that were like really like big at the time and really in the magazines and the, I don't know, and celebrity gossip and stuff. And I was like, I didn't know or care about any of this when I was younger. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. I mean, obviously it was very important to her you know and obviously there are a lot of people that cared but just for me that was just not something that I cared about or thought about at all so I think partially it was just like well the stuff that I liked it didn't really fit into that mainstream type of view anyway so in some ways it was like well I don't really know what even to do if I were to be part of that mainstream and I don't really want to find out (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. yeah I mean I think the middle school ecosystem is like you either get assigned a label mm-hmm. or you quickly go in and assign it to yourself, which is mm. you accidentally did, but it worked out. Yeah. Uh, and I mean, like, yeah. even in high school, like, okay, so in our in the high school ecosystem, right, you know, there's also <laughs> many different groups. And mm-hmm. so I was in like the, I was in IB, which is kind of like the more advanced academic program. Mm-hmm. Uh, but because of that, we had an even smaller ecosystem which was basically like there were just like the preppy like popular people the stoner people and yeah. then it was like bi group which was like the like you know smart but kind of weird group you know <laughs> and i've always been in that like smart but weird group you know mm-hmm. like actually in university too like the group of friends I was in was like the smart but kind of the weird group you know like we weren't like the cool hipsters and we weren't like the preppy people and we weren't like the like rich people or anything it was just like smart but also kind of weird (laughs) yeah good place to be yeah I always felt like I don't know my my group was always like not really 
that cool on the side of like cool alternative and not really that like um not really that like smart on the side of like preppy smart but just like you know the people that you know we care about our grades but you know we also just like to play video games read anime or i'm sorry read manga watch anime <laughs> and like i don't know we like alternative music and thrifting for clothes like that type of thing it's kind of a hodgepodge i guess <laughs> hodgepodge yeah i remember i convinced you to write a blog from your like uni days where you talked about thrifting and drinking lots of tea and it was really interesting and then you stopped after like three <laughs> posts <laughs> i wrote too much and i got burned out <laughs> <laughs> i loved it though it was really oh, good i liked it <laughs> oh to be continued someday yeah, so maybe like when i go to taiwan mm. i can start that up again oh yeah you should <laughs> yeah, i think taiwan i'll actually be able to leave the house wow. oh, yeah it's just oh god that's a yeah that's another topic uh, uh, uh well actually yeah i think things are looking up though a lot of people at work have gotten their jobs so fingers crossed mm-hmm. anyways to get back into the conversation oh, yeah. um <laughs> So like what do you what do you think needs to change in terms of representation? Um well I do really think that there should be more diverse representation. I mean like I said as I was growing up I didn't really see anyone that I felt like I connected to and you know and I, and like I said I'm not sure if it's because that's just the stuff that I like or because I didn't see anything that I connected to I rejected it. But I think that definitely having more representation and showing more different types of people could help people connect to that more. Mm. So, you know, I would like to see more people who are mixed and who struggle with that type of identity in media. And I also find that, like, whenever it's, like, mixed people in media, it's always, like, stuff like, oh, this person was supposed to be Korean, for example, but instead we got a Korean American mixed person because we want yes. them to look more white. Yes. 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 Stuff like that. And I always feel so like gypped about it because it's like, <laughs> I feel like it kind of, I mean, it gives people like me who are mixed kind of like, you know, a bad rep amongst like people of color, I think, because mm-hmm. like they kind of see us as being like, oh, we're like the washed out versions of people of color that get put in you know because the the show doesn't want to be too ethnic you know so it's like (sighs) so it's kind of like you know it kind of gives us a bad rep amongst like people of color who want more representation you know Mm -hmm. and it also isn't really true or faithful to our own stories of self-discovery because you know you do have to struggle with that type of identity of like well who am I and where do I fit in this, this like society in this world? You know, I'm not, I'm not white. I'm not Taiwanese. I'm both. You know, and I have people on both sides telling me that I'm not Taiwanese or that I'm not white or that I'm not American. You know, so it's like you're constantly told like, oh, you don't belong here. But then it's like, oh yeah, we're just gonna give you roles to like fill in <laughs> for these other people of color, mm. which I know makes me so frustrated. So. I would like to see more roles in the future, which, you know, more accurately depict true representations of how mixed people live and go through life and find their identity, you know. I mean, I, I think like it, when you cast 
any who, piece of content where you cast a white actor or whatnot, it literally dilutes the experience. It's so insulting. Mm. Uh, I think I might have brought this up, but you just reminded me. So there, <laughs> so I, I think as of late, there has been an increase in mixed race actors. So mm. just to name three examples. So in like, what's it called? Like Chilling Adventures of Sabrina, one of the mm-hmm. Black witches, like she's actually like half Black, half Korean. Like mm. absolutely gorgeous. And I think for her role specifically, she's just there. There's no mm. talk about her ethnicity. Right? She's just there. Cool. Okay. And then there's a movie called Moxie and the boyfriend is um half white and mm. half I don't I don't know what his Asian side is. Mm. She's like, okay, cool. We have like, you know, the chicks like hunks are always typically white. So it's like, okay, awesome, awesome. Um, but it, it's kind of weird because yeah, anyways, I'll, the last example is uh, Ginny and Georgia. The protagonist is mm-hmm. half white, half black, and her boyfriend is half white and half Taiwanese. Mm-hmm. So again, it's always like, there are like, so in, um, oh my God, what was it? In, in Moxie, they don't mm-hmm. talk about his identity, which for me is like, shouldn't you talk about it? Should you not? Uh-uh, I don't know. It's kind of weird. Mm. And then in Ginny and Georgia, they did address it, but it was so like tokenistic. They played mm. oppression Olympics and he mm-hmm. was like, I go to Taiwan. Like, I don't belong here. I don't belong. It's like, I wish you would mm. delve that in, delve into that more. But then if you're in high school, I guess you don't really have that deep consciousness. I mean, I don't know. Mm. So in, in that show that we hated, what was it called? Um, oh, the kids. yeah, Christmas. I don't remember. She was also mixed. Lily right? something something. Yeah, 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 Lily something. And it's like explosion <laughs> of mixed characters. But mm. I just feel it, something doesn't sit right with me. I'm not mixed, but even I'm like, oh, oh I don't, I don't know. So I just wanted yeah. to get your thoughts on all of that. Yeah, I mean, I don't think that every show needs to go into the like go through that emotional baggage of like addressing the person's feelings about being mixed because like mm-hmm. you know it is quite tiresome to say like again and again <laughs> oh it's, okay yeah, it's yeah. not necessarily like you know I don't know like we watch media to escape you know so I don't always want to watch representations of the pain or emotional baggage yeah, that that's I've gone true. through you know because I also use it as an escape so I don't think that every story needs to go into that. You know, I do like it that, like, I do hope that there are some stories that go into it. Um, but yeah, I don't think it has to be every story. I, you know, I think it is kind of a balance. It's just right now, I feel like I'm a little bit um, wary of all the mixed actors that are being cast to be people of color, but are actually mixed, you know? Mm. and so I feel like a lot of them are very like very pretty types they're so attractive I want to see more (laughs) ugly mixed people like I don't know maybe this is like I know what you mean I always get this like okay because whenever I tell people that I'm half they're like oh well mixed people are really beautiful you must be really beautiful and then it's like (laughs) I feel kind of like, well, I mean, I don't think I'm like super ugly, but I don't think I'm super beautiful either. So then I feel like there's also this type of pressure of like, well, (laughs) 
if I'm mixed, why am I not like stunningly beautiful? <laughs> you know, so I kind of just want to see more like regular looking mixed people too. You know? Yeah, I I, I know what you mean. There's no way to say that without sounding um, I don't even know what the term is. Like, yeah, you just want to see a diversity of looks. Yeah, I think in the end, it's like, you know, I do think I do like where where we're going in terms of like adding more representation, talking about people's backgrounds or not talking about it and just having people there, you know, and just showing those representations. I think that's good. I would just like more, you know, so I would like more, you know, like more characters who are people of color so we can like differentiate those those characters who are people of color from characters who are mixed differentiate Mm -hmm. those actors differentiate those experiences you know show show more of a variety so it's like you know it's not necessarily bad where we are now we just need more (laughs) yeah yeah I mean I I think you know even in k-dramas I've been seeing like uh, mixed characters popping up Mm. but I think it's important what you mentioned in a K-drama or or any Netflix worldwide shows, mixed characters are always seen they're very like exhausted. Like, mm. oh yeah, oh she's gorgeous because she's half so and so. He's mm. it's like, oh my God. And I think what you watch really does matter. So like mm-hmm. I just feel like any kids watching this who are mixed will because you know like in high school shows they show dudes with a six-pack it's very mm. <laughs> unrealistic and i'm not saying yeah. being beautiful is unrealistic but y- you know <laughs> like you know like like high school shows all those actors are actually in their 20s or 30s right you know and they're pay- playing high schoolers and it's like well obviously no high schoolers are going to look like these like people that, yeah. who are in their 20s and 30s you know like well i mean maybe there are a few but you know the general majority know yeah just like (laughs) you know they're kind of you know they're trying to figure themselves out they're awkward they don't have that same type of confidence and like that you have when you're older yeah and that (laughs) (laughs) so i do i do kind of worry about that i mean it's not a big deal but yeah i think that's a really excellent point and also what a loaded statement like oh you must be beautiful and i get that about our kids our future kid like oh your kid will be beautiful it's like no any kid is beautiful like are you joking yeah it's like <sighs> I don't know and it, I do feel like for mixed characters there is kind of this aspect of like whatever society they're put into or whatever work they're put into the part of themselves that is the exotic part that is exoticized you know yeah. like so it's like oh a, like mixed character in an American TV show, like if I was an American TV show, it would be my like Taiwanese side that's exoticized. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, when I'm in East Asia, then my American side is exoticized, you know, which is like so weird to me. But it's just, you know, it's always like, oh, that little foreign piece of you, like it's so interesting. <laughs> it's like, okay. Yeah, actually, that reminds me. Have you had, well, I, I don't, I mean, women can do this, but it's mostly men, I think. Yeah. There's always like that guy who's mixed, and he. I'm thinking of one person in particular, but I won't say um, his name. <laughs> but he's mixed, but he always identified as white, which is fine. You do you. But then mm. he would, whenever he tried to hit on Asian girls, he would like tap and he'd be like, Hey, did you know that I'm half Chinese? And it's like, You're using that now, really? Like, have you ever like had those encounters? Like, Hey, I'm mixed too. I'm Asian too. <laughs> 
I don't know. I haven't really met that many mixed people. There mm. was like, actually, it was kind of funny because my my friends, like, like okay, my friend's ex boyfriend was half Japanese and half Taiwanese. Oh, and okay. it was actually very interesting talking to him because, you know, both of us kind of had this feeling of like our Taiwanese side wasn't as really like talked about and was more like. You know, kept hit, kept hidden in a way. And he was saying when he grew up, he would hear his family talking in like Taiwanese or Chinese, but he didn't realize when he was a kid that it was actually like a different language. He just、oh, thought it was、wow. like some kind of like dialect of like Japanese or something because he was、yeah. like a kid, so he like didn't really understand. Right. So, so he didn't realize that he was Taiwanese for like a really really long time because his parents just never told him, and he just like never really like. Like clued into the fact of like, oh, that's like, that's Chinese, you know,、mm-hmm. or that's Taiwanese. So, yeah, I don't know. It was kind of interesting talking to him because I felt like I did feel a little bit of like、um, camaraderie with him. Of like, oh yeah, both of us are kind of like, we love Taiwan. We, you know, we really like going to Taiwan. We want to know more about Taiwan. But the way we were brought up, that part of of ourselves and our culture was hidden. So we are like. What is it? You know, like we we don't understand. So, so that was kind of interesting. But for the most part, I don't feel like I've met that many people who are mixed. And if、uh, for most of most people, I think I just kind of they didn't really register to me. So maybe like they weren't very attractive, or like, <laughs> or like weren't very interesting, or were too sleazy, or something, and I just forgot. <laughs> Yeah, it's probably for the best. <laughs> oh, like actually, so just switching up the questions, or like on that note, like why? What do you wish you could teach your younger self about beauty and love that you know now? Hmm, I don't know. I guess I would try to tell them. Well, you tell me. Tell me. <laughs> <Yeah> . <laughs> I guess I would try to tell me, like, just to like. I don't know to not be a to not be afraid of like being who I want to be or liking what I want to like, you know. I think I don't want to hide under the the label of being weird. I want to just like what I like, and then if that is quote unquote weird, then that's how it is,、mm-hmm. you know. But I don't want to like be scared of trying new things or. Being me, so so I guess I would just tell them, tell them, tell me, <laughs> tell me, like to just you know try things and not be afraid to to try, you know, like I, know, I do kind of wish I like played around more with makeup when I was younger and、oh, so、too. that I would know how to do it now. <laughs> like that would be great. It's like the same way I wish that my younger self learned Chinese, so I don't have to learn Chinese now. <laughs> Younger self, why couldn't you have learned about makeup? <laughs> I know, but then like, ah,、uh, like, well, I, I was gonna say like, if you played around makeup, then you could have potentially like put harmfully because you know makeup at what's it called like Claire's is really cheap、mm. and who knows what's in there, right?、Mm. But then again, you are young, so your skin probably would have like recovered. Well, our, our、yeah. skin probably would have recovered, but I just wasn't interested, and like you weren't either. My、yeah. friends weren't interested, so there's、yeah. no way. <laughs> 
Yeah, and like then my parents tried to pressure me to use makeup, so that made me want to use makeup even less. So wait, really? Like, how old were you? Ah, uh, like when I was in middle school and high school. Like my my stepmom and my dad used to pressure me a lot to use makeup. Like, so, like what? What did they? It's like say? a whole other thing. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm just curious. Oh, was it? Was it like? Um, oh, where? Like, put yourself. They'd be like, Together. "Oh, your face looks bad. Why don't you put makeup on?" <laughs> no. <laughs> so yeah and they used to also like say like oh the the way that you dress looks cheap and like oh we don't like the way your clothes look we like we'd be like ashamed to be seen with you and stuff like that so that's like on a whole nother like level <laughs> of insecurities <laughs> that I've been working through throughout with my therapist <laughs> throughout my life yay therapy but, <laughs> yay therapy so so I don't know I mean so in some respect I think that I avoided you know, like trying makeup or like dressing in certain ways because I was afraid that I would fail. But then my parents kind of trying to push me in a certain way, it just kind of, in some ways, I am glad that they pushed me because I think that I cared more about my appearances after that. But at the same time, like at what cost? You know what yeah. I mean? So, oh, well. <laughs> I mean, I think the concept of, because I've, I've heard relatives say like, dress your age. It's like, what does that even mean? Mm -hmm. what, what, what do you mean by that or like put put your face on it's like my face is on and mm -hmm. why do we have to put on makeup to be considered like put together oh my that's actually mm -hmm. a topic I would love to talk yeah. about at the first recording because it's like why like I I showed up I I, I cleaned my face self like that's shouldn't that be it <laughs> like, yeah and like as someone with curly hair it is so hard to make your hair look neat you know <laughs> So it's like, oh, trying to make curly hair look neat and put together and then also doing makeup so that you look neat and put together. And like, you know, I have pretty bad skin, so it's hard to make it look like polished, you know, or look like, you know, really like, I don't know. And it's like, it feels frustrating sometimes. It's like, I tried. Okay. Well, I but tried. that's something you try. Like, <laughs> did you wash your face? Yes. You, you, yeah. like, therefore you're clean, you're healthy, you're put together. That's like mm. what it is in my book. And it's frustrating when mm -hmm. obviously like all the youtube tutorials are like 15 steps with like tw 20 dollar eyeliner it's like no thanks yeah yeah no oh shade to God. the youtuber community but yeah um, it's like it's amazing you guys can do that i, I just i do <laughs> yeah. not understand it i'm not i do not have those skills <laughs> oh my God, this is a whole nother topic but in yeah, that vein hope of, you're like a part two <laughs> i know we always say that sabrina always says that like 30 minutes to closing yeah. um but just to just to like end part one yeah um, sorry it's you, getting kind of long no 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 this is like all good stuff though like do you have any advice for listeners and how do you practice self-care oh yeah okay um <laughs> yeah I guess for our listeners I mean I would just say you know try to be kind to yourself and try to let yourself try things and do things I mean there's so many times where I'll be very like very harsh on myself like oh I can't wear this type of clothing you know because I don't know not that I'm like not that I'm that big you know but for some reason like sometimes I feel like oh I'm too quote-unquote fat to wear that or something yeah. like that or you I know yeah. or my legs are too fat or you know like so it's like I'll be very like harsh on myself but then when I see other people wearing it like no matter what their size no matter how they look I always think they look beautiful you know so and, you know, it really does come down to, I think Anthony said this too, but the confidence, you know, you have yeah. when you wear something. 
So I think, you know, really try to be kind to yourself, try to allow yourself to wear what you want to wear, be who you want to be. And, you know, if there's some things that you don't have the confidence to wear or it'll make you feel anxious to wear it, like you don't have to push yourself too hard. You know, you don't have to go like cause yourself anxiety to do something. So if you, mm-hmm. if wearing something does actually make you feel like anxious or stressed out, you know, like, okay, you don't have to go that far, but <laughs> you know, like also at the same time, try to be kinder to yourself and realize and think mm-hmm. about how you see other people's outfits and other people's clothes and allow yourself the same kindness. You know, that's good advice. So I don't know, that's, that's what I'm always trying to do, you know, now and in the future. So, um, yeah, so basically that, uh, for self-care, um things that are related to beauty specifically i really like doing things like just i don't know i really painting my nails or like wearing like accessories i think that just like wearing something a little bit extra like i don't know wearing a nice wristwatch or wearing some rings or some earrings like that always makes me feel a little bit more better and like more put together so (laughs) so it always like brings my confidence up a little bit so i really like doing those types of things when I have the time. And even if it's during lockdown, like if I'm feeling like there's a day where I feel like really like, I'm like, okay, all right, just try to like dress yourself up a little bit, do something a little bit extra and you know, you're going to feel a lot better. So. Yeah. I wholeheartedly agree with that. That was an excellent Mm. self-care tip. (laughs) On your mind before we wrap up. Oh, no, not really. I mean, yeah. Sorry, I got a little bit long-winded.